after the service, Mr. Weir and his wife will be in the lobby, and if you want to support the Gideons, we encourage you to do that. You got your Bibles this morning? Lift them up and repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed the last seven weeks of this series that we've called You Are Here. And the whole idea of the series has been in life, whether it's stated or unstated, we all have a destination. There are things that we want to accomplish in life. We want to get to there, wherever there is for me and you. But the truth is, we don't spend enough time thinking about here. We don't look at necessarily where we are. And it's very important when we begin to, a journey in life that we understand if we're going to get to there, we better understand where here is. And this series has been about you are here so that you can get to there. Last couple of weeks, we talked about heaven and what that looks like for us, those of us that have received Christ, that eventually we will be there. But while we're here on earth, Jesus has made you and I some promises. And this is what he said. And I love this. And guys, get this, please. Jesus gave his job description. He gave his mission one day. And he said this. He said, I have come to this place to set the captives free and to heal the brokenhearted and give you a life to the full and overflowing. That's his promise. That's why Jesus has come. He has come for you and I to set us free, to heal our broken hearts, just like we saw Brother Archer in that video, that God can take the brokenness of our life, and if we will allow him, he can change us from the inside out. But here's the thing. You have to choose to participate in that. God can save you. And Jesus wants to do that, and he can change your life, but you have to be an active participant. You get to choose. God made us free will agents. Every one of us has the ability to choose death or life, destruction or a life worth living, and that's what this journey is all about. You are here, but if you want to get to there, it's about the choices that you begin to make. Well, this is the last in the series, and I wanted to end it on a note that I think is very powerful for me personally, but I hope it really means something to you today. You'll notice to my right a surfboard, according to Marty Sellers. (laughs) I came walking in this morning. Wes and I were walking in, and I was carrying this, and he goes, cool, surfboards, beach boys. And I thought, yeah, I like the beach boys. It's a door, Marty. That's why I was saying it's a door. But we're going to talk today about uh, a part in Matthew where Jesus talked about some different things, and one of those things is a narrow door and how important that is. But we're going to talk also about the road that we're on, and I've titled today's message, The Road Less Traveled. Most famous poetry or poem in American history to date has been a guy named Robert Frost, and he wrote this. Many of you know it from school, and it's called The Road Less Taken, and I'm going to read it for you this morning. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood stood and looked down as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and it wanted wear, though as for that passing there, had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay 
In leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept that first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. It's an amazingly powerful poem about choices, and the reality is our life ultimately is made up of the choices that we make. Now, some of the choices we make are really not a big deal. You got up this morning, and you decided what you were going to wear today. And can I tell you, from my perspective, I'm thankful you wore clothes. Come on, somebody, aren't you? Yes, uh, we're, we're proud of that. Here in a little bit, you're going to decide what you're going to have for lunch. Well, those are great, great things. Those are small choices. They don't necessarily matter for eternity. But there are some choices in life that you have made or will make that are going to be incredibly important. When you guys get out of school, you're going to have to decide, am I going to trade school? Am I going to go to college? You know, what am I going to do? One of these days, you're going to have to look at who am I going to marry? Those decisions are ones that have lifelong implications, and you better choose wisely because the people in life that make poor choices are the ones that end up having regrets later on. There are people in this room, many of us have made choices in our life that if we could just do it over again, we've said to ourselves, if I just had a chance again to make a different decision, how different would things be? The truth is, God gives us a lot of do-overs in life. He gives us a lot of chances to to make decisions that could correct our path and lead us on a different way. And maybe some of you guys know people um, that whenever they make a choice, they look down and they go, you know, man, I I just want to be such a free spirit, man. I just want to go wherever the wind blows me, bro, wherever it blows me. I'm not making any decisions. I'm just going to blow. Here's the problem with that. The wind is going to blow you off a cliff, okay? You have to choose. And and here's the thing in life. No one, nobody is accidentally going to end up with an awesome life. You're not going to just fall into it. It's going to be about the decisions you made and not just the decisions every day, the hard decisions. Now, here's the good news for you and I. God has given us this amazing book we call the Bible. And inside that book are all the things you need to know to live a life of godliness and righteousness. God has given us a workbook. He's given us a textbook that says, here's the deal. When these decisions come along in life, choose one of two ways. Now, Old Testament and New Testament both echo the same thing. In the Old Testament, God used Moses, and he spoke to Moses, and Moses stood before the congregation of people and said, listen, here's the deal. Two doors. This door is life and blessing. If you follow God's commandments, if you live life the way God wants you to, he's going to bless your life. And there's a whole list of things that God's going to bless our life with if we walk his way. And then he says, but there's door number two. And door number two is death, destruction, and curses. And then I can just see Moses stop and look at everybody and go, Choose life. Choose life. 
And that's what Jesus, when we're going to go here in Matthew in a second, Jesus gives us a multitude of examples of choosing life. If you'll turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, and, and here, here's what I want to do. I want to give you a little bit of homework. I want you to go back this week and read Matthew chapter 7 as a whole. Because what Jesus does in Matthew chapter 7 is he, he shows the comparison between these choices that we're talking about. In verses 13 and 14, Jesus tells us between, to choose between two roads, the broad road and the narrow road. In verses 15 through 20, Jesus warns us about two different trees. One tree bears good fruit, one tree bears bad fruit. He also tells us that we need to make choices like two builders. One builder built his house on the rock, the word of God. The other builder built his house on sand, which shifted and destruction came. This morning, we're going to deal with the first choice, the choice between choosing between two roads or two gates. Look at Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Here's what Jesus says. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. If you look carefully at this verse, you're going to notice the comparison between a number of things. Jesus talks about the wide gate versus the straight gate or narrow gate, the broad way versus the narrow way. The many people versus the few, and destruction versus life. To put it simply, there are two gates, there are two roads, there are two crowds, and there are two destinations. So let's talk about this road less traveled. Let's talk about that. Here's the first note, number one on your notes. Jesus begins with the narrow gate, or as I've illustrated here, the narrow door. And the whole idea of something being narrow is that it's restrictive. It's restrictive. Jesus says, narrow gate, broad gate. Narrow gate leads to life. Broad gate leads to destruction. And what does that look like? Well, here's what I did. I went to the house this morning and picked up this suitcase. And in this suitcase, this obviously represents luggage. Now, how many guys? Guys, guys, can I see your hands? All the fellas in the room. All the fellas in the room. You probably, when you go on a trip, need about half this size. Would you agree, Judd? You travel a lot. All I need is one pair of underwear. That'll do me for three days, right? So I'm, I'm good. But I live in a house for most of my life as a, as a married guy with three women. There was a reason that we had a suburban. The suburban's job was to carry the luggage of my ladies, right? I mean, come on. It's like we're going for two days. Why do you need to bring your entire closet of clothes? Why? I look at Patty. She goes, well, you know, why do you need 14 pairs of shoes? Options. Okay. We're not going to meet the queen of freaking England, okay? I mean, we don't need a lot of options. I don't understand this. But, but here's the deal, okay? When you go through this, this narrow path, when you go through the broad path, what Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about luggage. He's talking about a broad gate and a narrow gate. And here's the thing I noticed when I was reading this. When you come up and Jesus says, come through the narrow gate, and you get up here and you realize when you get to this narrow gate, <laughs> the luggage won't fit. My luggage won't fit through here. 
My selfishness won't fit. My pride won't fit. My unforgiveness won't fit. When I begin to walk through the narrow gate, I have to make a decision, now listen to me, to check my luggage at the door. But, Jesus says, then there's the Broadway. And here's the deal about the Broadway. Many people are on the Broadway. Why do they like the Broadway? See where Mark is over here, Mark and Patty? Look, you lift that door up. That represents the Broadway. We can all go through there. And guess what? We can carry all this we want. We can carry all of our luggage. And we can even compare our luggage with other people on the trip. By the way, you will. And we begin to go and, and carry all of our luggage, all of our sin, all of our baggage, all of our pain, all of our hurt. You know, when we just saw Mr. Archer standing up there, if there's anybody that has an excuse for living a jacked up life, it's him. Abuse, abandonment, I mean, name it. Guys, listen. Many of you, I know many of you, have endured pain and heartache and brokenness, and a past that allows you to have a lot of luggage. But Jesus calls us over here and says, listen, you can go down the Broadway, but notice the promise. But if you want life, you got to check your luggage at the door. you got to check it at the door. That really hit me. I never looked at this that way. I thought Jesus was talking about salvation here. He's not talking about salvation. Because you can, you can receive Christ. Now listen to me. This is good theology. You can receive Christ and still carry your luggage around with you. You can be a Christ follower and still walk around being mean-spirited. I know some. You can still walk around being a gossip. You can still walk around with your junk and not be a great representative of who Jesus is. But Jesus, when he's talking about this door right here, he's talking about discipleship. He's talking about the life that you really want to have, a life worth living. And he says, if you want to have a life worth living, you're going to have to check this stuff at the door. I had a meeting this week with one of our leaders that's gone through some leadership development, and these were some of the topics we talked about in a different way. But we talked about, listen, if you want to grow in the kingdom of God, if you want to become a disciple of Christ, you're going to have to allow some things to be changed in your life because that's what Jesus requires of us. What does that mean? Well, look at your scripture, your next one down here. Jesus begins to talk about in Luke chapter 9, verses 23, 24. This is Jesus talking. Look at what he says. If anyone will come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. You have a choice. Now listen to me. You have a choice. You can choose to receive Christ but not walk in discipleship and live a mediocre life. Because I've watched it my whole life. People that have received Christ as Savior, 
and yet never grew beyond that. Steve and Debbie Wilson, if you missed the marriage conference yesterday, man, guys, it was awesome. And, and hopefully we'll have them back again at some point. But it was absolutely amazing. But one of the things they taught us yesterday, and I did not know this, is that 85% of marriages never move into a new phase of relationship where there's real intimacy in the relationship. 85%. And they equated it to a swimming pool where most marriages stay in the kiddie pool where the water's only 12 inches deep. They never get into the big pool where life really happens. And I would say that most Christians do the same thing. We, we don't ever get rid of our baggage. We never really check our baggage at the door. By the way, this weighs 100 pounds. This is how strong I am. just want to throw that out there. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Jesus himself had to walk the road of self-denial. Jesus himself had to do that. And here's the big question that I want to ask you today. Here's the big question. Have you counted the cost of following Jesus? Because this is what he says. This isn't Christianity 101. This is walking a life as a disciple of Jesus and saying, look, am I willing to deny myself? Am I willing to die? Jesus said, take up your cross daily. That doesn't sound like fun to me, and I like fun. But there's another thing I want us to understand about a narrow door. Here's the thing. Look at number two on your notes. Here's the other thing about this road that Jesus talks about. It's the less attractive road. It's the less attractive road. You know, we've got the narrow door. We've got the broad door. We've got the broad way and the narrow way. And Jesus says, choose the narrow way because the broad way is the path of destruction. And the broad way is the one where we go, hey, where are we going? Let's go jump off a cliff right on. And and we go with the crowd and we just kind of move along in life. And what do we do? We go off the cliff with everybody else and we never really stop to take account of ourselves. We never really become honest, and so we just kind of deal, we call it. We just deal, just deal with life, and we move through life, and we never take the step of discipleship. And this is what, when when I hear people say, you know, well, you know, I tried that Jesus thing, and it never worked. Jesus is not McDonald's. You don't drive through, get your Jesus, and leave. But we treat him like that. I mean, how many of you have heard people say, maybe you've even said it yourself, well, I tried church. That's not how this works. Jesus is talking about a lifestyle of discipleship. Let me explain to you what discipleship means in Pastor Chris' terminology. Jesus says, come follow me. And then he walks through the narrow door. And when I get to this narrow door, Steph, this is what happens. I get to the narrow door, and my luggage doesn't fit in, and I have to make a decision to carry this with me or let it go. And some of us are so comfortable with our luggage that we never go in. We never really live life the way that God intended us to. And it's because of a decision. So why do we choose the narrow way? Why do we choose the narrow door? Look at number three on your notes. 
Because when we choose the narrow way or we choose the narrow door, it leads to a life more amazing than we could ever imagine. Matthew 7, 13 through 14 again says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Because I'm pastor and I get to do stuff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask two people to come up here real quick. TJ, come up here real quick. Thomas, where are you, bro? Come up here, bro. I ask permission so y'all don't freak out. TJ made some choices in his life that brought destruction. That almost cost him everything. And for a season in his life, he was facing some of the worst possible situations you can as a human being. And it was his choices. He's been real open about that. But during a season of his life when things were so hard and he was doing some community service, he served under this guy. Who day in and day out said, this is not the kind of life you want. This is not the decisions you want to make. And he began to show him a different way. And as I've talked to these two guys separately and seen what happened, here's what it was. You got luggage, but you don't have to. You don't have to. So leave your luggage and let me show you a better way. Thomas said, I didn't even know till later that that's what God was doing. And because of him pouring into him, we baptized his son a couple weeks ago. And God showed up and did something amazing because he chose the narrow way because he showed him where it was. And that's church. That's church. You guys can sit down. Thank you. When I think about who we are as a people, that's what it is. See, church isn't just what happens in here. It's mostly what happens out there. It's mostly what happens out there. It's what you do when you take Carly home and you talk to her about Jesus. It's Nathan, it's what you do when you talk to people and you interact with them. And you show the love of God in practical ways of people when you don't even know it's happening. And it changes somebody's forever. But can I tell you something? 
until you and you and you and me decide we're going to leave this here, that's not going to happen. So because I love you, you got to choose. You got to choose. No more playing church. Choose life. Choose life. Let God fill the holes in your bucket so that your life can overflow and bless everybody around you. And Jesus said, when you do that, you will find life. Write this down. It's not in your notes. Now I'm going to close. It's not in your notes. If you want to go up, you have to give up. If you want to go up, you have to give up. If you want your life to be different, if you want to really begin to know who Jesus is, you're going to have to start laying some of these things down. And guys, here's the thing. I could give you a list of sins, and it's irrelevant because you know what they are. You know the areas in your life. If you struggle with an addiction, if you have anger issues, stop making excuses for yourself, please. See, when I, when I saw Mr. Archer, he just owned who he was and what had happened to him, and then he allowed Jesus to change him into somebody else. What excuses are you holding on to that are keeping you back? I'm so proud of TJ, man. You inspire me. Thomas, you inspire me. Mr. Archer's life changed because his teacher showed him a better way. Teachers, choose. Choose what you're going to do. Choose. Starting today, I did it in first service, and we're going to start doing it every service. And if I forget, these people know because y'all know I do stuff like that. We're going to have prayer partners. And they're going to come down here after every service, and they're going to be standing along the front. Some days I'll do an altar call, some days I don't. That's just how I do stuff. But these people are going to be here every week. And regardless of the message, regardless of what's going on, they're going to come down here, and they're going to stand, and they're going to pray with you. And if you're dealing with sickness, they're going to pray with you. And if you're dealing with financial issues, they're going to pray with you. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, I trust these people so you can too. And they're going to be here for you. And they're going to pray with you. Why? Because we want to see you set free. We want to see you become the people that God's called you to be. And I like those folks, prayer partners, come on down here and y'all be in the front. If you want to be a part of the prayer team, you talk to us and we'll get with you about that. And here's why. Because Jesus said, God said, my house will be a house of prayer. And you know where church is? Wherever we are. It's just wherever we are. It's not about a building. And so in a moment, we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray for you. And then as I dismiss service, these guys are going to be down here to pray with you too. 
And if you want to come down, they're going to be willing to stand with you and pray with you about whatever it is that's going on in your life. Why? Because we're serious about this stuff. We're serious. One of the greatest joys in my life is to see hearts change. I received a text this week that just blessed me. I had some people talk to me this morning, just blessed me, and I felt, man, as a church, we're not perfect, but God's doing stuff, and it just blesses my heart. And you know what this is all about? I promised you this year we're going to do more stuff for you, and that's what we're doing. It's about you becoming the person that God has called you to be. And it's all about your choices. Choose life. Choose life. Everybody bow your heads for a moment. We're here today. And if you're honest, as you look at your life and you realize, you know what? In my life, there's some luggage that I'm carrying around. And Jesus is saying, I need to drop this off. I mean, he just said I had to drop it off. But I've been carrying around this bitterness. I've been carrying around unforgiveness. I've been carrying around this abuse. I've allowed my past to define me. But Jesus is calling me into a different way. And I want to really experience life, real life. If that's you today, nobody looking around, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. See your hands, hands, hands. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I see your hand. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Father, there were a number of people this morning, you know their hearts, you know what's going on in life that raised their hands this morning because they believe. They believe. Lord, you told us that we need to cast everything off of us, cast off everything that's keeping us from running our race well. Cast it off. Lord, today, that's what today's about. We're going to cast this stuff off. We're going to leave our luggage. If you raised your hand today, this is what I believe. I believe that as we pray in a moment, as you surrender to God these things in your life, as you give forgiveness, as, as you trust God with your brokenness, that he will begin to bring a change in your life. For some of you, it may be instantaneous. For some of you, it may be a process. Either way is fine. What's important is that you choose to walk through that door. It's that you choose to do that. You choose life. I want all of us to pray this together. All of us. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Lord, I ask you today to help me. I give you my life. I give you my baggage. I choose to follow you. I choose the narrow way. Father, Help me. Amen. Here's the thing. Simple prayer. Simple prayer. That's time to walk through that door. Here's what we're going to do. I'd like everybody to stand.
As I dismiss you this morning, a little differently today, as I dismiss you this morning, you make your way out. You guys visit like crazy out there. But as you leave in here this morning, there's going to be people coming down to the front that are going to come to the altar. If you've got anything you need to pray about, some of you raised your hands. You may want to come down here and pray. Some of you have something else going on in your life. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe you need help in your finances. Maybe you're dealing with the sickness. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. These guys are down here for you. They're going to pray for you. And I believe that God's going to do something. Because he's that kind of God. Amen. I'm going to pray a blessing over you today. Father, thank you for everyone represented here. Lord, thank you for all the lives. Lord, I pray as we leave this place today, I'm so encouraged by Thomas and TJ, and that's you just working in our lives, touching the lives of people around us. Father, help us to see people the way you do. That there's a hurting world outside these doors, Father, that needs you. And Lord, I just pray that every one of us would choose would choose to allow you to flow through our lives and that we could be a light in a very dark place. That, Lord, you would help us get to there because we know that you are here. And we ask these things, Lord, in the amazing, wonderful, awesome name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen, so be it. God bless you guys as you go. The altars are open.